The Jerry DePoto Show, presented by Seattle Pump and Equipment on Seattle Sports. Jerry, certainly uh, a better week, a much better approach, some good at-bats. What did you make of it all? Yeah, again, I'd still prefer to win on Wednesdays. You know, it's a, it's a much <laughs> more pleasant feeling. But, uh, yeah, it, it has been. It's been a it's a better week, I, and I think specifically a better week for our offense. You know, it started in San Diego, and, you know, we have really strung together a nice run of uh, just quality at-bats and taking good passes and meaningful swings and creating traffic and – and I, including last night, what was a weird and wonky game. I think we did a lot of good things offensively that probably will never show up in a box score. But we're, we're, we're improving. We're getting better. So Scott mentioned the messaging had changed, that, that they had a conversation and it, it sort of turned into, you know, going back up the middle, et cetera, and trying to simplify that approach. Can, can you take us behind the scenes a little of that? Like, how, how does that process work? How do you... Or does Scott, who who works together to come up with the idea to change the messaging and then execute on that? How does it get transferred to the players? How do they accept it? What does that look like? Boy, I, I guess the first thing I'd say is it, it's probably nothing super scientific or or a real major departure from anything we've ever done before. It's just a slightly different tone of message and and that's what you have to do when with teams over the course of seasons is is you're trying to take the same philosophies the same premise and and deliver it in a different package and you know in this case it is a combination of we do bi-weekly check-ins on all the elements of our team we have an offensive check-in that, that exists every other week and you know we sit down with our hitting coaches our staff our analysts and you know a couple of members of our front office our high performance team our trainers and we go through everything offense you know how our hitters are feeling how they're moving you know who's struggling trying to dig into why from there, we go into you know a, a meeting that exists the first day of each series with Scott, the staff, and you know our advanced scouting people and, and a couple of scouting uh, I guess personnel, and and we go through what our outlook looks like for that three or four game set, and uh, from there you'll have the, the messaging that starts to to develop in the daily hitters meeting when our hitters sit down with our coaches and 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 advanced scouting people to go through the opponents. So it's, it's multiple layers. In this case, Scott simplified it, you know, rather than messaging through a channel of people, I think Scott just took it and said, Hey, let's just hit the ball back through the middle line drives back through the middle. And, you know, and, and we'll see how long that message carries before it needs to be repackaged again, because it, it will, that's just how baseball works. Well, the messaging that I heard pretty loud and clear from you last week when I asked you what was most perplexing of, of what's you know uh, happened offensively, and you said without hesitation the power outage, just the just the entirety of the group uh, cumulatively and just their their power outage over the season, started to see that power come on over the last week. From your opinion or from your eye and expertise, why? Uh, we're showing the better pitches, and I, we've we've hit the ball hard. We've done good things, and you know, over the course of the season, it just hasn't resulted in the, the type of power production that we're used to or that we expect from this group. And some of it is is the natural flow of warmer days. Warmer days, the ball does tend to travel better, and you know, we saw that two days ago where we hit balls well and they left the ballpark. And you know, yesterday a little. 
less uh, of a of a you know that kind of normal June summer day, and we saw a couple of balls that that didn't quite get as far. But uh, you know that's one element of it. But mostly it's just swinging at better pitches, and, and I think we have the personnel to to do the things that we've done over the last week, or that we you know forecast for this team to do over a long season. And over 162 games, that does tend to bear out. It's just bearing out in a in in a way that we would prefer it not. We'd like it to be more balanced instead of you know I guess condensed in small spaces. But uh, you know we've got a lot of season left, and hopefully we can make that happen. You mentioned last night being sort of a weird, wonky game and that you'd like to win on a Wednesday. We, we too, would prefer that. But yeah. how do you handle a game? Like, I find a game like last night to be incredibly infuriating in some ways, maybe more so than a game where, you know, hey, you know, you get blown out. The pitcher doesn't have it, whatever. You know, the sort of I don't want to just call it bad luck because I think that's unfair. But the sort of you hit 105 mile an hour rockets that get caught. The other team hits 70 mile an hour bloops that fall in. you've been around this game a long time. How do you learn to not be so mad about those things? You know, weirdly last night, like you, I think it's, you, you go through nine innings of mounting frustration and, you know, frankly, it wasn't a particularly favorable strike zone. (laughs) There were a lot of things over the course of that game that were frustrating and, and we didn't pitch well, you know, we, we created a lot of our own issues with, with freebies and, and allowing, you know, the, the, the Marlins to create traffic so that the softer contact did score runs. But, you know, to, to have so many balls driven to the wall, frankly, over the wall and brought back, and it, it's by the time it ended and the way the ninth inning transpired with, you know, what looked like vintage June 2022 Mariners ninth inning starting to, to shape up with the chaos, I to to have the game end the way it did almost made me laugh going home. Like, Oh my God, the absurdity of that game where it, it, the, the sluggers slugging, you know, we are swinging at the right pitches. It was a very good offensive approach against a very good young pitcher and what has been a really good bullpen. I, I, I really can't fault anything that our players did for losing that game yesterday. And that's reliance on process. I, I appreciate the, the process that we applied and I wake up this morning thinking, wow, that that's one of those. And there'll be a dozen of them over the course of a season where you're sitting there steaming as the game's going on, but there's really not a heck of a lot you can do about it. You know, fair or unfair, Jerry, I think one thing I've been fairly consistent doing this job is holding those with the, I don't know, I don't it's always money or contracts, but just the, the talent, the superstars to a different level, you know, with more, it becomes more expectation and fair or unfair. I kind of do that to some of the different players. I probably have my eye on Julio and have had it on Julio as much as anybody on this roster this season. The last homestand absolutely caught fire to begin June. Uh, since has just cooled off a, a little bit. And it's been a little bit of peaks and valleys, more so than maybe I anticipated this year. How do you characterize his season through 67 games? Yeah, you know, just like that, you know, a little bit up, a little bit down. Um, still magically, and I, I say this, he's still on pace for something in the neighborhood of a 30-30 season as an above-average offensive player who's played phenomenal defense from pole to pole, <laughs> and he's 22 years old. It's He's trying to figure it out. You know, there's so much that goes on with being a star in in today's sports world. And and so much of it exists away from the field. And, you know, to some extent, I think Julio is trying to balance that out, you know, trying to trying to approach a league that now knows a little bit about 
more about him, I, I guess you'd say. You know, he's he's trying to deal with what has been a pretty streaky season for him, and you know, not the best degree of batted ball luck. He continues to hit the ball hard, and you know, Julio's issues from day one, and and, and really the only issue that he has had this season is about the pitches he chooses to swing swing at. It's it's not been as consistent a part you know, of his game as it has been in in the past. And that goes back through his minor league days. And, and I do think that it, we saw a 10-day stretch where it was fabulous and the results were phenomenal. You know, this, this past week, the rest of our offense is really clicking. And, you know, every other day or every third day, we see Julio rise up and, and we see what he's capable of. And and it'll become more consistent. I'm, I'm very confident in saying that but it's it has been a less consistent run and i the thing i remember is he's trying to adapt to a lot in his life and and he is a 22 year old with immense talent who's still having a pretty good year what are those challenges i mean what what is it that comes with being a star at this level like julio that that does make the world more challenging well you know i think the the first and foremost where this conversation began you know the, the fact that brock would cite you know, Julio in that light, you know, there's an expectation of Julio as a star. And, and that's something that he's not dealt with before. Oh, he invites it, you know, he embraces it. He wants that to be the case. You know, we're, we're three weeks or so out from the all-star game. I know there's a lot of pressure um, externally and, and that he puts on himself to be there. And part of that, whether it's, you know, part of that game hitting in a home run contest, it's the celebrity away from the field. You know, I, I don't think I'm, I'm you know, letting anybody in on trade secret that over the course of the offseason, Julio was very much a part of, of, you know, major league branding from, you know, baseball cards to, uh, to trying to capture the imagination of a new generation with a very exciting young player who has an engaging personality. And, and as much as most of that comes naturally to Julio, which is why it, it jumps through your TV in the way that it does, that's a lot to manage. And, you know, there are people pulling it at, at different stages, whether it's, whether it's you know, on the, the business side, whether it's on the marketing side, whether it's, whether it's just it's managing celebrity. And, and uh, you know, I don't know. I don't understand that, frankly. Uh, you know, you'd, you'd have to go back to the Ken Griffey Jr. days to find, you know, someone – in our neck of the woods, maybe Ichiro, who's who's dealt with that on a stage like Julio is dealing with it, and and, uh, and I'm I'm sure that he's going to adapt to it and and learn how to balance that in his life. But it does. He wants to deliver every day. Last year, he wanted to deliver every day for our team and our fans. You know, now there are more elements, you know, being or, or I guess spices in that stew. He wants to deliver for so many people, and you can't really play that game you know it has to be about a small group and and you know i think once he gets back to to playing his game and and doing his thing consistently it's it's just a maturation process and and there's so much to love about what he has and what he's done even this year where it's been a little bit more up and down but trying to understand what he's what he's learning along the way and and we're all going to be better for it in the next year two years five years because he is going to be one of the stars in this game and and continue to be the the focus when when people flip on their tv and and he's learning how to deal with that i don't want to get you fined 
So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have you talk about the umpires, but I am curious. <laughs> in a, in other sports, when you have rough calls, the the coaches, the organization writes to the league office and will get responses. You know, of hey, yep, this was wrong. Yep, this was wrong. Yep, we should have done a better this. And sometimes, you know, they're so egregious that the league offices will make that public and put it out to in a press release to everybody to try to to cover a little bit. Baseball is different. 162 games. These guys, there's now websites that you go to that show you their pitch accuracy, that show you their grade, that show you the run differential. Is there anything in, in your league that you guys write to to the league offices and say, hey, you know what, we got five at-bats last night that were just kind of diminished by balls well outside the zone, or does that just take care of itself through the process? I mean, we can write that letter, and there have been times in my baseball life you know, as in doing the jobs that we do now that we might, or simply pick up the phone and, and call the people at MLB who are most closely associated with the on-field group, you know, over, overseeing umpires, et cetera. I've made that call uh, a number of times, including, you know, a number of times last year during the, the first early stages of, of the season when, when Julio was experiencing, you know, some, some unfortunate ball strike luck. But last night, again, I look at that game, and it's it, it was almost comically bad in in every way that that it could be, and and I don't want to chalk it up to bad luck. I'm I'm certain, I'm absolutely certain, and this is not critical in any way. I, that the umpire last night probably went back to the clubhouse, and he's thinking to himself, "Wow, I didn't have a good one tonight." And and I felt that as a pitcher, there are multiple of our players that feel that on any given night. And he's a human being, you know, he's going to have one where he just flubs. And, and I'm pretty sure last night there, when he goes back, he didn't think, boy, I nailed that one. So it's a, uh, it's, it's 162 games. You're going to have days like that. It's part of the, the nuance of baseball and, and you can't really focus on it. You know, it's done and it's passed. It's a loss in the column and, and move on and focus on tomorrow's game. Hmm. Who uh, is, oh, go ahead. No, you get it, bro. Who is Jose Caballero? We had this conversation yesterday. Uh, Put it out to the text toy. He's got an on base of nearly 400. He's got a war that's actually higher than Julio right now, sitting at 1.4. He's an absolute pest, a nuisance to the opponent. He's a breath of unbelievable fresh competitive air. Who is he from your perspective? Uh, it's, it, it is shaping up to be that he is a, an impact player on this roster without really having that big, gaudy tool. His his biggest tool is his on-field awareness. And, you know, for for a young team that's trying to grow, and, and frankly, one of our less experienced players in, in, in Jose, there's his on-field awareness is just off the charts good. And, you know, having had a chance now to watch him play regularly like we all have, it's, uh, you know, we've seen him play before in three- and four-game pockets in the scouting world. You know, we've, we've received feedback from minor league staffs who've, who've had a chance, and, and he's always been very highly thought of in our system as a result of his, you know, just baseball IQ. But it just jumps off the page. He's, it's not gaudy power. He is a plus runner. He plays good defense. He scraps his way on base. You know, he's like a human magnet for getting hit by baseballs. And it's, uh, it's, it's amazing what he's been able to do. And, and in a lot of ways, you know, it, with, with the way the season started for us, and frankly, the way the last couple of years have gone for us and trying to solve second base, you know, he has been, you know, a, a real breath of fresh air. And, you know, to do what he does and night after night, and I know Scott feels you know, so confident in playing him no matter who is pitching on the other side, he is going to find a way to make an impact on a game, whether big or small. 
and you know, to have that type of player, you know, that that type of coach's awareness on the field is just extraordinary. And I and he has been awesome for us. And and over the last month, maybe the most valuable second baseman in baseball, which is pretty stunning. Yeah, I was saying he's only, he he seems to make everyone on the other team mad in a good way. Kind of a little Runietto door with the personality there. Uh, you know, actually, Odor, and I, I say this having watched Odor for so many years in in Texas, especially during his time with the with the Rangers. You know, Rudnett would get under your skin in a different way than Cavi gets under your skin. <laughs> Cavi gets under your skin. Maybe it's just because Cavi's playing for us and, and not on the <laughs> other team. But, you know, it's a there is there is a there is a savvy to his game there is an edge there is a you know I, I i could use words that i won't use on public radio you know he's he's got a way about him that just drives under the skin of an opponent and and really creates uh, I, I guess an anxiety in the game you know it, it's it's funny you, you look and when you look at at walk rates you know, if, you, if I'm going to use this as an example, you look at walk rates and typically walk rates, high walk rates are associated with hitters with, with high end power. Hitters with power tend to walk more. Some of that is because they're looking for an isolated pitch in the strike zone to drive. Some of it is because pitchers are less likely to throw, you know, meat pitches to, to, to that hitter to eat. And, you know, Cabby winds up in a lot of situations and to JP Crawford, very similarly where they're in, very favorable counts simply because they drive the other pitcher crazy with their lack of willingness to play their game. And I think Cabby does it with a combination of good strike zone judgment and almost like a physical annoyance, the way he moves, the way he manages that, that pitch clock, the, you know, the, the looks on his face, the wry look at the umpire. You don't usually see that from a 26 year old with a couple of months of experience. It's, it's a veteran savvy. It's, I love it. It's awesome. That's pretty funny. Hey, um, what's the plan here for some of these rookie pitchers? I mean, you got, uh, Bryce Miller, who's starting to throw more innings, and I know you backed him off a little bit to to give him a, an extra day of rest. I know Wu's had, uh, you know, he may be in an innings limit, et cetera. And even your, you know, the effect from there on Logan and Kirby, just having so many young guys in the rotation. What does that look like from your perspective? You know, with George and Logan, we're not particularly concerned. You know, they are built out and ready to, to throw their starts. And like George, the last one, it could be a dominant one. And, and like Logan in, in his last turn, they're going to struggle on occasion. Uh, that's just the nature of the game. You know, when you start 32 games, they're not all going to be beautiful. But uh, they're they're awesome. They've been consistent starters for us for most of the last two, or in Logan's case, three seasons. We feel like they're ready to carry the full load. We'll be a little bit more uh, reserved with Bryce. We feel like he's built out. Uh, he did throw a full slate of innings last year in the minor leagues, but this will be his first chance at pitching, you know, for the full major league schedule where we do play, you know, the extra month. And there is an expectation of starting in a lot of cases, like he experienced already, on the fifth day of rest, which is the newest thing for all these kids. You know, one of the, the nuances and the change in the minor league schedule where we now play weekly series we, we play a week-long series against an opponent and monday is a standard off day around the minor leagues i think it's wonderful for quality of life uh it's probably not ideal in developing pitchers to throw on five days rest uh, there's it's just a little bit wonky and you know that's one thing we're trying to remain aware of with bryce uh 
And with Brian Wu, you're an entirely different category. You know, Wu has not developed the kind of innings totals or or consistency with taking the ball over long season starts. He has had, you know, arm issues in, in his past. So we're going to be very cautious in, in how we manage that over time. And for the time being, because it's still relatively early in the season, we're going to let, you know, his his physical, I guess, crispness tell us which way to go next. But uh, we will be more, uh, I guess, antenna up on what's happening with Wu and, and any fatigue levels we see. And we will be more inclined to skip starts, you know, move him around in a rotation to try to manage innings because we, we don't want to pile it on. Munoz has looked phenomenal. Dylan Moore has been able to get his, uh, his feet underneath him. Any timetable, I think you said to us last week, it might be about a month for Marco before we could see him back out there. Has there been any setback? Is he going to start to begin uh, some throwing? Where are we at in the Marco getting back into the rotation fold? No, no setback. You know, as, as far as I understand, he's, uh, he's set to start uh, his, his throwing program uh, sometime next week if all goes well. And we have no real timeline on his return. I would still anticipate, as I said, you know, with that month, it's going to be at least a month. You know, there's a, there was at least a month and two weeks down. He's not going to throw. And then we have to go through a progression to get him back to a mound. So, you know, that was the minimum requirement. And, and on the maximum, we're going to let his body tell us. And, and when he gets out and starts playing catch uh, off a mound, like I said, hopefully sometime in the next week, you know, we'll, we'll have a better idea what that looks like. Um, but beyond that, we don't really have an expectation of, of when he might be back. And if we found a DH? If we, if, you know, the, I think Mike Ford now eighth time uh, the, the charm here uh, <laughs> with the different teams that he's been around, and it certainly hit some big home runs here over the last couple of weeks. If we found uh, some power at the DH, yeah, I, there's. I think this is Mike Ford's eighth time with the Mariners, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, Fordo. I, th- I I heard someone downstairs in the clubhouse uh, drop this. I think it was yesterday. At uh, there, there's. Hey, we're all good. We've got George Herman Ford. I, and I think, uh, you know, Mike is, he's an interesting guy. He has been, you know, from really from the time he signed with the Yankees as a non-drafted free agent, he has been an awesome minor league offensive player. Is it a combination of swing decisions on base power at the minor league levels? And, and uh, it's what drove us to picking him in the rule five draft back when we did. Uh, it is what has attracted us to, to bring him back to the organization so many times. And, and he has had pockets like we're seeing right now, you know, a couple of years ago with the Yankees, when, when they were, you know, really set back by injury, he got an opportunity to play and, and he got meaningful playing time and he delivered meaningful results. And, and I think if, if being honest, this is the first time in, in, in his run as a Mariner that he's gotten meaningful or consistent playing time instead of just being occasionally dropped in as a DH or a pinch hitter. So hopefully we're seeing Mike Ford, you know, adjust to the major leagues the way he's always hit in the minor leagues, because this is one of the most selective, you know, calm, powerful minor league hitters that, that has played in the last, you know, decade, really. And and I'd love to see some of it translate like it's translated this week. And, and it would be a huge boost for us if he continues to do the things he's doing right now, clearly. Jerry, good stuff as always. Thank you uh, for doing it. Hopefully this team can win on a Wednesday next week so that we uh, have a different conversation on a Thursday. I don't know why it seems to go this way constantly, but uh, a much better week approach-wise. Thanks for all of the info, and uh, we'll talk next week. 
All right, guys.